All right, so this is Calvin, your host, here with Stevie Vargas. Hi, Stevie. Hi, Calvin. And this is a episode of More Than Isms podcast. So this is supposed to be an, a radio episode on um, WXIR 100.9, but circumstances beyond our control, we had to pivot, and we're in fifth frame in downtown Rochester recording now because we really wanted to have a conversation about... Um, the troubles and challenges of the Rochester City School District, which has made national attention. Um, and I'll let Steve, because so this is your, you've been on the show with Mercedes. Yes. Phelan of, and you work with Citizen Action. Yes. I'm so before we just sort of dive into talking about urban education, um, Rochester, just to set up context for listeners and wherever you're listening, um, we're in upstate New York, Rochester, New York, and Rochester is one of the, th- the third mm-hmm. poorest cities in the country. Yeah. And the city school district has a lot of challenges surrounding that, obviously, with systemic poverty and the challenge that that has on students of color, um, Latino students, etc. And so, um, Stevie, talk a little bit about your work with this in action and then sort of how it's been intersecting most recently we can set up, like, what's, what's been going on with the city school district? Well, I am a community organizer yeah. for Citizen Action of New York. Um, we prim- as you know, we are a statewide organization. Right. Um, and we have... We have a new director, too. We have a new statewide director, or... Well, um, we have co-directors. So, Jess Wisniewski yeah. and Rosemary right. Rivera. Okay. Um, who used to be based in Rochester, oh, so okay. we're, we're honestly really glad to have her in that role. Right. Because since she she loves Rochester, and literally, she's in Mexico right now on vacation, mm-hmm. and she has been, like, texting, and she's all over this, mm-hmm. because really, this work doesn't stop. Right. It, it truly doesn't stop. Even when you're on, like, a break, yeah. and it, it just doesn't And what if this in action is a, is, it's a, it's an organizing... Yes, so we're a grassroots organization that works to turn grassroots power into electoral power. So mm-hmm. we really, unlike some other organizations who focus more so on like political or um, political education and um, community engagement, right. um, mobilization, um, a lot of those organizations refuse to get involved in politics, mm-hmm. and we feel that in order to make any type of systemic change, we need both and. Right. We need to educate the community. We need to assess what's happening in the community. We need input from the community. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also need to build leaders. Right. We need community members. Um, who, can, who, like... Want to run for office and understand the process exactly. and not, are, not and intimidated. Yeah, and that's yeah. primarily what we do. Yeah. Um, we do leadership workshops. Um, we engage the community. We find people who we think um, should run for office mm-hmm. because we need more people who are representative of our community, who come right. from our community. And we try to remove a lot of the barriers that keep them from coming to the table to begin with, um, which is actually quite challenging mm-hmm. um, because, again, we're not a direct service organization. Um, and it's hard to think about things that are happening that that impact our lives every day in an unseen way when you're worried about what am I going to put on the uh, table for food tonight? Right. Um, RG&E is going to cut my my stuff, and right. RG&E don't play. They don't care if it's winter. They will cut it off. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like barriers from keeping people to come and get engaged. Right. And really mobilize around these issues for a better tomorrow. Yep. So we really try to 
build relationships in the community, build trust. Um, our, our community is traumatized. There's, we are traumatized, mm-hmm. and we have no trust yeah. in the system, in courts. Segregation, that come in. racism, yeah. yeah. So it takes a lot of time to chip away at that trauma and really build trust mm-hmm. so that they know, like, no, we're, we're really here. We're really, like, we're really interested in developing change for our community. So right. It, it benefits all of us. Right. And we look at everything through a racial lens. Um, Every, so we really well, work you can't on not look at exactly. It's you, you, race is political. Exactly. It always been has always been in, in this country. Yeah. So yeah. we work a lot on anti-racism training, mm-hmm. colorism, anti-blackness in our communities. And um, you're one of the organizers. Yes, I'm yes. the community organizer. Yeah. Um, Mercedes is the lead organizer. Yep. Um, she is expecting, so we are working on transitioning um, for me to take over some of her responsibilities yep. while she's on our maternity leave. Yep. Um, so I'm really excited. Um, yeah. There's so much to do in Rochester. Yeah, and a lot of your fo- focus as an organizer mm-hmm. is around education, education Edu- reform. Education reform and now um, issues regarding mass incarceration, right, um, right. implementation of pretrial, holding yep. our district attorney accountable, especially since we really focus on the school-to-prison pipeline. Yep. Um, the two really married together, especially since we have such a huge, huge problem with mass incarceration right mm-hmm. here in Monroe County. Yeah. Um, that, in fa- that affects black and brown bodies on a daily basis. In a disparate, yeah. disproportionate level. Yeah. So that's, that's a great setup. So let's just sort of dive right in. So what has been going on with the Rochester City School District in the last month, really, like in the last... Four to six weeks. It is a We can sort of set up mess. for people who don't know. <laughs> and this is really just before you get started, Stevie. So this is this is similar to districts all across the country. So mm-hmm. teachers in Chicago have been on strike or have mm-hmm. been on strike recently. Boston, teachers in Boston and other yeah. cities. Um, because, you know, just generally speaking, I feel like there's an attack on public education. You do. And around just the profession of teaching. And I feel like as a, as a country, as a culture, we do not value educators and education to the point that we're, we're, we're moving into. So I got my um, teaching certification into Nashville mm-hmm. back in 2011 and 12. And I did a program that was sort of like an offshoot of Teach for America, where the goal is to put young people who don't have a background in education undergrad in in the school because there's a teacher shortage and there has been for a decade now and it's just going to continue and so I ended up getting a second um, master's degree in um, child, special early childhood and special education and as when I was working down south in Nashville just you see the systems broken you see why teachers burn out especially new teachers um, there are people who have different opinions about Teach for America and its goals, um, and that's a whole other podcast, but I will say that um, the, the, the difference of, especially when you have, I think that the New Teacher Project was trying to recruit fairly diverse pool, but I know that a lot of criticism that I've read about Teach for America is that it's pushing white, young, white people into the teaching profession, into broken districts, districts that have huge challenges, students experiencing trauma, and they're not prepared. They're not, 
culturally prepared to, to understand the nuance of how you need to teach students of color. Yeah. And so we see that that's a huge conversation in Rochester. But what we what we're not trying to do in this show is not this, to disparage and paint teachers in a bad light. I think and you mentioned before we got started recording, most teachers, I think most teachers have the best intentions and are doing the best that they can given the parameters. Mm -hmm. And we will spend a lot of time this show really holding to task the the structure of the Rochester City School District that has really now reached a level of beyond like beyond emergency. Mm -hmm. It's almost it's to me almost like the metaphor is like someone is bleeding out and has been and we're at a point where this budget crisis has reached a point of no return. Yeah. Um, we really feel that Rochester is the Ferguson of education. Okay. Um, and that's, that's something that's been said within our organization. It's, it's, it's a very strong it analogy. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and it's frightening and it's scary. Um, but I think black and brown students and black and brown parents saw this coming. This mm -hmm. is something we've been fighting against for a really long mm -hmm. time. So I, I get the anger um, around everyone showing up now. And, right. But I don't want people to get stuck in that. Just like when Trump won. Right. And everyone was like, these issues aren't new. They existed like before up. him. Right. Like, where were you then? Yeah. Just... It's okay to be angry about it and frustrate. Just don't get stuck in that mm -hmm. frustration. And we're here in this position because of lack of funding and the governor's unwillingness to fund the foundation aid. He doesn't feel it's his obligation. And it's very much his obligation. He's been very bad on education. So New York State owes the district like 70, 60, 70 million? 86 million dollars. Yeah. yeah. As of right now, is what is owed um, to Rochester alone. Right. Um, and it started with uh, the campaign for fiscal equity. Mm -hmm. um, parents sued the state, um, and the state was found guilty because they violated students' constitutional right to, to a, a basic and basic fair education. education. Right. And it continues today. And I value our educators. Um, I'll admit, I wasn't the best student in school, mm -hmm. and I, I didn't like having teachers that didn't reflect my culture, my upbringing, and mm -hmm. I, I felt like some of them looked down on me. But on the flip side, I also had really great teachers who kept me in school. Um, and I know they're working despite the lack of resources. Yeah. yeah. And so when people are upset about the reading levels, um, like reading scores are down. It's all about scores. It's mm -hmm. all about standard of testing. Mm -hmm. it's, and Which is a whole other yeah, systemic it, it, issue. You, completely. Right. It's a one-size-fits-all model that does not work, and they're working as hard as they can, as creatively as they can, given the tools that they are um, are provided. Mm -hmm. And despite all that, I see a lot of passion in a lot of teachers um, to continue the fight, and I appreciate that. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and disparage the teachers, um, because scores would be up if we funded them. 
Mm-hmm. We funded the classrooms. We funded our education, which is not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see that the so the situation that we that we're specifically referencing is. Mm-hmm. I think like three or four weeks ago, it was announced that the city school district is at a budget deficit, uh-huh. and that in order for the new superintendent, Terry Dade, that just started in July of this year, to close that deficit, mm-hmm. it will require significant layoffs. Yeah. He initially was saying as far away from the classroom as possible, but then he released a proposal a couple weeks ago yeah. um, that basically called for the, the cutting of over 200 teachers mm-hmm. and teachers got pink slips essentially like two weeks, two yeah. Fridays ago from, from today and these cuts are not far away from the classroom. Um, there is currently right now an audit happening in the district from, so the CFO when this was announced a couple, several weeks ago, Everett and, Su- Everett and Sewell resigned almost within days yeah. of it being announced. People are asking questions like, how did, how, how did this happen? How did the board, many of the board members currently who serve on the RCSD board have been board members for, for decades, at least over a decade, and it's their job to provide fiscal oversight of the district. So how are we in a situation where there's 30 plus million dollars short for, for this current school year when the budget was approved? It said that it was all good to be well, approved. Beatrice called it out. She did. So Beatrice LeBron would, is a fairly re- newer board yeah, member. She is, and she's very vocal, and I have nothing but love for Beatrice LeBron. Mm-hmm. And she called it out. So this shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. And she called out the rest of the board. She's saying things don't add up. This is going to lead to a larger crisis. Yeah. And she was ignored. Because the school has had a history of, for yeah. years, overspending. But, but part of that is, like you mentioned already, due to the money needed to do yeah. the work. So when you talk about adding programs about restorative justice, yeah. um, trauma-informed teaching, cultural competency training for teachers, all of it costs money. Yeah. And money doesn't grow on trees. Like, money has to be coming in. And so it seems like we don't know the specifics yet, and that is a problem, that there has been decades of superintendents prior to Terry Day because he's new overspending purposely with a goal to like hold the state's hands to the fire to give this money that's been due um i don't know what you think stevie but i don't think that there has been like any money being like funneled somewhere else illegally or anything at least i don't think so (laughs) (laughs) i don't think so but i i don't think so I'm also not going to presume sure, to know. Right, because we don't know. Because they haven't been transparent. Right. We, we don't know. We don't know. But, what, like, yeah. again, those resources that we fought so hard to get, um, restorative practices and restorative programs, yeah. things that our kids need, right. um, that does cost money. Mm-hmm. And we haven't been fighting hard enough for the money owed to us by the state. I agree with that. And There hasn't been enough it, collective lobbying. Yeah, I, I, I think people are like, Albany's so far away, there's been such an uphill battle, how yeah. are we going to do it? So we go for like the low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. Really, like, we ain't got the money, and mm-hmm. we need the money, mm-hmm. and we wouldn't be in this position if, if it was funded. Collective, yeah. So I, I I think we need to be more proactive. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been very reactive lately. Yeah. Um, 
and I think it's important that people think three steps ahead. Mm -hmm. And it's just like I said, engaging the community. How do we get people to the table when they're focused on their their immediate needs? needs, And their immediate needs right now are addressing the teacher cuts Mm -hmm. and how do we save these positions? Mm -hmm. And 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 it's hard. There's there's, there's so many different reasons that we got here. I mean, there's lack of oversight with mm-hmm. the board I think that it's both ends. some board members are, are are just out of their league yeah. and really need to step up step down there should systemically be term limits on the board um, earlier this year Mayor Lovely Warren was talking about a completely new system and she was suggesting that the state come in nope. and reset nope. the state take over the board <laughs> nope. um, it's a hard people push, no. <laughs> push back against that we do know that the way that RCSD has been, has managed the money because the budget is close to $1 billion. Mm-hmm. And I think that what I hear you saying, Stevie, is that you don't disagree that there has been... No, I don't disagree. ...misorganizational mismanagement from leadership, maybe um, too much padding of, of administrative salaries, people getting raises when perhaps um, administrators and, and central office who are not... How are those conversations, situations with the union that, that have aided in this? I think part of what I'm thinking of is, like, there's so many reasons why we got here and so many... There are. No. Like, diseases, if you will, that they almost have to be worked on collectively. And I think that it's been hard in this because it's now reached a point of severe severity with teachers' jobs literally being cut. It's like, what do we start first? And what I what I hear, would have heard in the news this week and last week is like a debate between legislators saying, well, no, we shouldn't give... I mean, the Democrat and Chronicles editorial board came out and said that they don't think that the school district should be given more money right now because it will be mismanaged, but... That was trash. That's that, a trash that article. Will cut, <laughs> that will save teachers from being cut today. Yeah. Like, no, that's like a, I don't even have a proper analogy to explain how ridiculous that is. Because, yeah. um, again, we wouldn't be in this position if they had the funding to begin with. So to say that giving them the funds to remedy the situation would make it worse. I, 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 don't, I don't know the thought process behind that. Um, but we've never been fully funded. So you don't know how it's going to work. Fully fund them, then see. But also work in conjunction. It's both and. We can address those systemic issues while also funding them. You're you're suffocating Mm -hmm. our education system Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. now. And And it's on purpose. Yeah. When you look at inner city schools throughout the nation, um predominantly black and brown schools is the same problem over and over and over and over again. Um, and even though the state of New York owes all the school districts money, um, it really hurts us more. Mm-hmm. You can see it. Look at the surrounding schools. And, and I love Rochester. You see the surrounding school districts speaking out in support of us and wanting to be allies. Um in this situation because they understand how important education is and they wouldn't put up with it if it was well, happening we know in that there Well, first of all, if this issue would never have reached this severity in a suburban district. Absolutely not. Let's say that it did. Money would be found within oh, weeks. There, there Heads would, would roll. 
All, all you would need is a white mom yeah. with a bob <laughs> saying, let yeah. me speak to the manager. Nothing yeah. induces fear like a white woman asking yeah. for a manager. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, they, they just, yeah. it, it just wouldn't happen. But they also have excess money. They have excess money. Mm-hmm. We do not. So, of course, they would find um, mm-hmm. money to solve the situation. Well, let's talk, so, so, so what, what we know is that teachers will be cut. I, I think it was re- announced. 109 jobs, I believe. Yeah, it, but it's, so somehow the state has found some Title I funding that yeah. they, this district didn't know of. So that's cut the number of jobs. Yeah. We found out yesterday, but there will still be teachers who will be laid off yeah. mid-year. Still, and the, a big still part of the, 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 the fear and the anger is that it's, it's mid-year. So it's impacting students who are just now, like, making connections, feeling comfortable with teachers. Yeah. These are a lot, a lot of newer teachers mm-hmm. who are five years or less in the classroom, and you're pulling them away, and the teachers who have seniority, maybe, you, 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 let's, for example, you were a third grade teacher for years, and then now you are being shifted because you've been, you have tenure, now you're going to be in a first grade classroom, but you don't know those students, they don't know you, and... It doesn't. It, it doesn't mitigate the harm to students. Yeah, and it's, I, it's, I, I think it people increases the harm are, to students. are brushing off the harm that it's going to do to the students yeah. and the teachers. Um, when, when you look at like CPS and the foster care system, when you take a child out of the home that they know, it's traumatizing. Um, and I know there are some extreme cases where that needs to be done. Um, but when you remove the familiarity of the space and you remove the trust that that child has built with a teacher, mm-hmm. it creates long-term trauma. Mm-hmm. And I know it's easy for people to brush that off, mm-hmm. but when you have second graders speaking to the school board on a weeknight, mm-hmm. crying, mm-hmm. and these kids are so eloquent, and mm-hmm. they're letting these people know, do not do this. Mm-hmm. Listen to those who are directly impacted. They're telling you. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that was done. Yeah. And I, I don't envy the school board. Yeah. I don't envy any of them. Um, they have their reasons for voting the way they voted. So they voted to pass the proposal. Yes. In terms as far as teacher cuts, which is interesting to me about the whole cut because... It's saving what ten thousand, ten million, ten million dollars, or, or I believe so. somewhere in there. Yeah, which is still, which is still not going to close the gap. Yeah, many people were saying, well, why can't we wait until after the legislation, the assembly reconvenes at the top of the year? And I believe to the end of January. Yeah, and I believe Beatrice in her speech was saying, "There's literally no money in the payroll for it." Right. Um, Another month. Yeah, right. yeah. She was like, "There's, there's literally, and forgive me if I'm misquoting, but that's that's what I heard." Yeah. Um, she'll email me. She'll email me if I got yeah. it wrong. <laughs> She's like, "Isn't that what so I said?" So we know um, that Van White voted. Which is, well, we'll get to that. Uh, so yeah. the board members who voted, Natalie Shepard and um, Van White, voted no to the proposal. Yeah, they're the only two that. Everyone voted else no. voted yes, so it, it's passed. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's still known what teachers for sure now with this amended 
will be cut. That's to be announced. But it's just so tragic because not only is it students losing their teachers the last day before a holiday. So literally when we get back from the two-week break, there will be a different person in the classroom. Yeah. For for the students who are impacted by this. I wouldn't want to go. Which is... And then the students have been privy to all of this news media and back and forth. So if you are in a situation where you, you just, maybe you've had some troubles, you got a, finally got a teacher who you felt like got you, mm-hmm. they're a first-year black teacher, mm-hmm. they've been cut. Mm-hmm. So this is a real scenario. Yeah. And you're like, I'm, I'm not going back to that. I mean, yeah. I would say that. Like, I would be like, especially if you've experienced classrooms or adults that mm-hmm. were adding more trauma or triggering other things yeah. why would you trust a district that has repeatedly had a history of not putting your needs first yeah. is the biggest concern and I feel like again from a systemic perspective why did why wasn't it why hasn't this been important enough for the for the assembly members to convene an emergency meeting between themselves, between the board, between whoever else. Yeah. I know Bronson has been uh, an advocate okay. and been trying. David Gant has not. He's oh, flat absolutely, out absolutely not. It. He, he, he has not been an ally in this regard whatsoever. And he, he, he doesn't even try to pretend to be. Um, he's very straightforward in his stance. He is not for funding the foundation aid and he has not been an ally to our students. And Henry Henry Bronson for context is Harry um, Bronson. Harry Bronson. Harry Bronson, Assembly District 138. Yes. He he's been a huge yep. ally in this regard and I, I believe he was urging the board as well to wait so that for the legislation legislative session to get have discussions. Yeah. Um, Jamie Romeo has been an ally Yes, um, not as vocal as Bronson, in my opinion. Um, and I believe, based on her post, she's been advocating for like redoing the foundation aid altogether, which doesn't really make sense because it hasn't ever been funded. Why are you going to yeah. scrap it and start from the beginning when this one hasn't been implemented? She's, to me, like you said, been less publicly vocal yeah. with what her it's thoughts like, are in general. It's like, okay, I'll support. She hasn't not supported, but, but like, she It's like, I'm not going to actively work against it. That's right. the, my opinion. You're right. The Your extent case. of her support. Um, and that's fine. As long as you don't fight against it, I'm mm-hmm. okay. Even if mm-hmm. you don't want to put more energy into it. But Bronson been been a really good ally on this. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate it. He even spoke uh, at yesterday's rally. Mm-hmm. So let's take a quick break because I want us to sort of, we've given a big picture. Yeah. Um, a lot of this information that we've talked about, if you just Google Rochester, New York, or Rochester City School District, it'll pull up all the Democrat Chronicle articles. WXXI News article, so you can get a, a bigger picture for what's been happening over the last several weeks and, and this year. I mean, this is just a tragic way to end the year in terms of really of, of, of our district. Um, it truly Bernie is a Sanders, you know, reported um, or tweeted in support of of teachers and no layoffs, etc. Elizabeth um, Warren. Before we go for um, go for break, 
Um, Stevie, can you share how can people learn more about your work with Citizen Action? Um, yes, uh, we have a Facebook page, Citizen Action of New York Rochester Chapter. Um, you could also find more, find out more about our organization as a whole uh, by going to Citizen Action um, NY.org. Yep. Okay. Um, and feel free to email me. Shoot me a message. Okay. I am down to meet with anyone in person. Mm-hmm. We can talk about the work that we do. Um, we have an education committee. Okay. We have a demand justice committee. Um, and these are committees filled with community members who actively strategize and work to implement the things that we want to see. Um, so, like, we were... Yeah. We really worked hard um, yeah. in conjunction with other community organizations and members in regards to the anti-harassment bill mm-hmm. um, and uh, the Cable Act. So Rochester is just a dumpster fire mm-hmm. of activity right now. Yeah, so um, we'll take a break. We'll come back and, t- and have Stevie sort of um, give us a paint a picture for some of the... We, we got this budget information, this proposal from the superintendent. Yeah. The last two weeks have been active organizing, protesting with students, teachers, community members, culminating into last night, yeah. which was the budget's vote on this proposal. And we'll talk about what happened before last night and then last night, yeah. and then what we can do moving forward because exactly. it's been voted on, it's, it's been passed. Yeah. So now what, what's next now? It really is a big question. So we'll be back with more than isms. Um, extra here with Calvin and Stevie Vargas. We'll be back. Okay, so we're back with Stevie. More than is extra. This is your host, Calvin, and we're just getting back to um, talking about the city, Rochester City School District, and so the budget deficit was announced weeks ago. It caused a firestorm in the community, of course. Um, the city's bond rating, the, the actual city, has gone down because of this sort of fiscal fiasco, I'll call it. Um, from an organizing perspective, what, what did you see immediately, like, just with the community mobilizing and oh parents specifically? The mobilization was insane. It, yeah. it, it, it looks so natural. And it speaks to the history of Rochester. Yep. Rochester has a history of activism. We do. We're the home of Susan B. Anthony mm-hmm. and Frederick Douglass. Like, it's literally in our DNA as a community mm-hmm. to get up and mobilize. We can react. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, let's go. We can react. Let's just keep the same energy, right? Yeah. Like we, that, and yep. that's the thing. That's my biggest worry. Yep. Because um, whenever uh, you feel defeated, or even when you win a victory, there's always this tendency to step back. Mm-hmm. It's like either, crap, we lost, that's it, it's right. over. No, that's not the case. And then there's also like, yeah. yay, we won, I can go home now. You get disillusioned either way, exactly. and that's not a good attitude. You, I, I call it collective amnesia. Yeah. So, so for the first scenario, um, I say, no, we lost this round. But it's not over by a long mm-hmm. shot. There's way more to do, and we need you. And even if the vote had not passed, yeah. it still is not the end it, of that conversation. It's not it's over. Be, yeah. like, we still need you because we, we're still working with the deficit, right. and we still need that funding. Yeah. And 
it, it's gonna get worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like when when you win something, it's a victory, yes, but you have to work harder to keep it. And a lot of people, when they win something, they walk away, they think it's over, right. and then you take three steps back because those who don't want it that way are working extra hard right. to subvert your victories. Mm-hmm. So it's always one step forward, two steps back. Um, so to see the amount of students, I think it was close to 9,000 students the first day um, for that walkout, which was absolutely incredible. And I was so I was so um, annoyed by the comments on Facebook by racist people. Like, I don't read the comments. Why are they? Yeah. They need to be in school. They just are trying to get a day off. Like, why would you be? Even if you don't agree with protesting, whatever. Yeah. That is their First Amendment right. Mm-hmm. They're right, and if there's no better lesson in civic engagement yeah. than organizing, and you think about all the learning and experience that that provides them even though it is over something very negative and you hate that it has to be but I mean it's real that's like real life how it really is it's educational yeah right because you know they cut our civic engagement classes and skills to students should be I mean that's to me almost like the real education yeah right like this is the fight that's going to continue yeah when you get out of school and you know Let's make it a teachable moment. So I'm really, I was so glad to see that. And it was like the whole week. It was like yeah. organized and events every day. Yeah. They're still going. Mm-hmm. Even the, even the, some of the kids, they're like, we're not going to stop. East High School, I, know, I think Soda. Yeah, Soda. Yeah. East, um, a lot of schools. Live um, Academy, they, they, they raised money to buy a bus to go to Albany yeah. on Lobby Day. Yeah. Because we're making it a Rochester Day of Action. Right. Um. So AQE, which is the Alliance for Quality Education, mm-hmm. um, which is like a sister organization to um, Citizen Action of New York, because we're under the same umbrella. Okay. Um, they re- they reserved the well in Albany okay. um, for us. It fits what 200, 500 people. Okay. So we're trying to make it huge. Mm-hmm. We're, we're trying to take this energy right. to Albany. Right. And it needs to be a full day of action. Mm-hmm. We want speakers, predominantly those impacted. We want teachers, we want parents. Most importantly, we want the students. Right. And we want people talking to legislators, running around on the second floor, doing what we do best, knocking on doors. Like, listen, this is a crisis. Right. What side of history are you going to stand right. on? Right, yeah. And, it, and really, you got to, it, it really is important on how you talk to these people because not everyone is motivated by the same thing. Um, Some people shut down when you scream at them. Some people, you got to stroke their egos because it's all about their legacy and what they're leaving behind. You can walk into a meeting. It's political. Yeah, yeah. You got to know how to talk to people. You got to know how to engage them. You got to see what makes them work, um, what's going to move them. Mm -hmm. What moves you is not not what's going to move me. Right. Um, so that's an important aspect to keep in mind, and it's tricky, and especially in the middle of a crisis, because mm-hmm. you want to yell, you want to scream, and you want to be like, "What the f? Like, mm-hmm. how could you? Like, why don't you support yeah. this? Like, shame on you." Right. Um, that doesn't work for everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Regardless, I'm still here for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the first mm-hmm. one to scream at somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really seeing the mobilization. And seeing how it's continued, I know it can be done. Right. 
like I don't want to be here a year from now with, with and, and we're struggling to get people yeah. and right. I'm like no 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 we did it before we can do it right. again right. Right. we can do it again and it's unfortunate that it takes a crisis yeah. So set the scene for last night. So the, the December nineteenth, there's all of these protests. Yeah. Um, teachers co- collaborating and connecting and mobilizing on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, letters being written to legislation. Yeah. They form letters, change.org petitions. Yeah. All of this was to show community um, support against yeah. this proposal. These teacher layoffs. And last night was the was the bo- board business meeting. I think it was like a four-hour meeting, four and a half Um, hours. It started at 5.30. It didn't end until like midnight. Yeah. I was. It was almost midnight, and I was like just... It was almost... I think I stopped at 11 because I watched on Facebook. Yeah. Couldn't be there in person. But there were what, at least 100, total 100 people... More. To, to, give, their, to give their like... Board, to like, speak? To speak. 97. To yeah. It was and 97 it was speakers. Students... It was teachers and community members, mm-hmm. and it was powerful. And if, if, if nothing else, you really got to hear. I mean, it was students from all ages. It was, I think, first and second graders yeah. to, you know, high school students on everything Graduates. in between. Yeah. And everybody was just so visceral but real, mm-hmm. and it was palpable, and... People were calling out direct members of the board, telling them how they felt about just their behavior as board members. Mm-hmm. I thought was super powerful. Um, there was, I think it was their principal or school leader who had like a poster that was like, "Here, here is uh, here is like a model of a typical day, and here are the teachers who are yeah. flashed out." Yeah, I thought that was really powerful for you to like. It's one thing to see stuff on paper, numbers, oh, yeah. one full-time, this full-time TA, that full-time teacher, but to see it, like, these are real yeah. people, yeah. real teachers. Um, I know that the, the, the IB, the Interna- International Baccalaureate Coordinator at Wilson, was on the chopping block. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's still the case. And so it all culminated with the board voting um, I got cut off, so I didn't see... People started chanting. Yeah. They started to go through. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on just, like, the board was split? So, I was actually expecting all of them to probably vote yes. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we saw. For me, in my opinion, I feel like Van White's no vote was just a political pandering. 100%. I don't feel like it was a genuine him saying no. It was... He knew that there were enough yeah. yes votes for the proposal to pass. Exactly. And so he voted no as a political sim- symbolism I so feel that like the it only... can't come back to him and say, oh, well, you yeah. voted yes for that. I feel like the only genuine no was now. Was right. Um, because it's a, a short-term fix that is going to create long-term of, yeah. systemic problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It... And it does nothing to get us out of the hole that we're in. It's just going to create more trauma, mm-hmm. more hurt, and, and more problems. Like, mm-hmm. those suspension rates are going to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Um, graduation rate is going to plummet. Um, and I feel like at the expense of the gains yeah. that have been made yeah. with suspension decreasing. Yeah. I wonder if things, Stevie, like, why, why were we not shown 
I wish that Terry Day had been more transparent in how he made the decision. Why were SRO officers cut in some like that? <laughs> so let's just gonna talk about some of like the political like Liz Nomark. I mean I think what was it? Liz is it her name Elizabeth? The board member who was like on Skype on Um Hallmark. Liz Hallmark is yeah. like there are no more cuts to be found. Um it, Is that true? Uh no, we could cut the SROs. Like like, why is it that we cut the things that actually help our students but keep the things that don't? Mm-hmm. SROs are not proven to help our students. They feed into the school-to-prison pipeline. Mm-hmm. They make it a very uh, toxic place mm-hmm. to be in. And actually, the teachers might disagree. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've heard some teachers say, no, we feel safer with the SROs. And, and yep. that's a problem. And, yep. like, I'm here for my teachers. But, but that, that would be an issue where, where we divert. Well, well, you at least put it on the table. I mean, I don't even yeah, put it yeah, on the table. and it cost $1.5 million. I think it was too rushed. The whole proposal was. was too rushed. It was. And I it mean, wasn't okay, we know that we're bleeding, and we know that it has to be fixed, but he made up, like, closed-door decisions yeah. without any any public transparency when it impacts the public and yeah. students. Specifically, and that's the part that... And I, and I did used to own that, like... Yeah. Yeah, can you give a... Can you give yourself a month or two? Like, yeah. put every single thing on the table and then have the board vote on that. Yeah. I don't know. It I, was presented as the only option. Exactly. There's nothing else. And we're in a position where the community doesn't trust the school board. So when they say that it's the only option, we, we're right. like, no. Nah. I'm like, like, you're lying. Oh, like, yeah. like, what are you showing us? Mm-hmm. Why is there no transparency? and any of the decision makings and like again our community is traumatized and we have zero trust in the system we have zero trust in our school board mm-hmm. um, even though we have some amazing school board members they hired the, the CFO within a, a week or two with no public insight no public even if we couldn't provide insight we couldn't even provide we weren't even given the option to say like could that have waited until after all of this yeah was the person really vetted well do we know that they're going to do any better job than Everett in school yeah those are the questions that I have from an organization perspective when this is not a private corporation that can do what it wants it's a school district but they treat it as as such and it's a money making machine um like why didn't we look at charter schools could could, could it have been outsourced the CFO until we figured this all out, until the audits are done, until yeah. the reports have been had. Yeah. To me, it's like, as a leader, how do you make such this huge decisions with implications before all the facts have been laid out yeah. to the constituents that you are supposed to be representing? Mm-hmm. He does answer to the board, but he also should be answering to parents, parents yeah. and, and students. Yeah. And to me... But then again, we don't know what is being told to him behind the scenes. Um, he's been pretty quiet. So initially he was doing this sort of Twitter, and now we're talking about Terry Day and <laughs> yeah. Twitter conversations. And then that sort of stopped. Yeah. He did a public press release, mm-hmm. like a news rele- like a news conference, a press conference. Mm-hmm. And then he really hasn't said a whole lot. No. Then he wrote his opinion article for the Democrat and Chronicle and, a, and an, an op-ed this week, which I didn't feel like he 
the, he, the school district didn't take accountability for its role in getting us here, yeah. which I didn't like. And then now it's just sort of like, oh, we, we, we were, we're in this position through no fault of our own, which is not completely true. And so there was this rush and this, it's like, just almost like you're making these rash decisions without fully thinking them through. And the district has had a history of that time and time again. And that's a, one of the reasons why we've gotten here. People making closed-door, rash decisions without any well, it, well good guidance. Like, the biggest problem our schools are facing are systemic issues regarding poverty and racism. And even though we have a school board that is predominantly black and brown, they're still working within a system that perpetuates racism and systemic poverty. Mm -hmm. They're still working with those bylaws. They're still working with those roles. And they're trying to navigate in that system that is set off to keep us down. Mm -hmm. And it's always going to be that way. Mm -hmm. So we really need to be looking at these policies because, again, like I said before, it doesn't matter how many progressive candidates we put up on that school board. Right. The changes will be incremental. Do you feel like it's because their hands are tied? It's because of the... In a big way, yes. The system is set up for people who look like me and you to not be successful. In a, in a big way, in a big way. That coupled with the money that is owed and dealing with state politics and the in-house fighting between the, the state. Yeah, the unions. And, like, I feel like everyone for a long time has been out for self. But I've seen people who usually disagree come together mm-hmm. on this. Mm-hmm. And really work together. Um, And that needs to continue. We might not have always agreed with the tactics during this this stretch. Um, But again, we can't tell people how to organize. We we, we can't tell people what their needs are. A lot of times they're going to have to find out Mm -hmm. themselves Mm -hmm. and wait. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay... Mm -hmm. Now let's do this to right. get to get what we need. Um, but it's everything. It's everything. Um, we can't look at these issues in isolation. Right. right. They don't live in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as long as we keep treating it that way, mm-hmm. we are never going to get the change that we need in our school district. Mm-hmm. We need to continue to be loud. We need to continue to be vocal. But also take care of yourself because this work will will drain you. It'll burn you out. Um, I think people are finding that out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're in this, you got to be in it for the long haul. Right. It's not just this issue because once this is settled, there's something right around the corner mm-hmm. that's going to threaten the progress that we've made. Mm-hmm. Citizen Action works really hard in getting the code of conduct put in right. and getting restorative practices put in and it's continuously threatened and we're constantly fighting to protect 
the things that work for our children. And we're continuously fighting for the money that's owed. We're continuously fighting for people to support that it's not... We're continuously fighting for people to support that we need that money. It's not a matter of whether we deserve it or not. It's our right. We have a constitutional right to a fair and just education system, a fair and basic education system, and the state has failed in providing that to us at every turn. Why aren't we fighting harder against the state? It's like if someone owes me $20, I don't want them to call me like, like hey, I got $5 for you. No, I want my $20. Right. <laughs> like, I didn't give it to you. And installments. Mm -hmm. The state has a responsibility. And they're failing our children. And it falls on Cuomo and the people around him. Right. He has said time and time again that it is not his obligation Mm -hmm. to fulfill the foundation aid. Mm -hmm. And that is wrong. Mm -hmm. It is 100% wrong. It is your obligation. When you took oath as governor to look over your constituents, all of New York State. Yeah. So to me, to have a governor say that it is not his obligation to provide black and brown students with a fair and basic education mm-hmm. is unethical. Right. You shouldn't be governor if that's the case. Right. Yes, so Watch is going to be a hit put out on me. Oh, my God. What do you think is next? So what, what can the community do? The board has voted to pass this proposal. We know that there will be at least 109. Yeah, I, I know people want to write the Board of Regents. Yep, the I, Board of Regents are going to look at that, and they're going to be like, there's nothing that can be done. Like, they could vote anyway. And this is, again, we're, we're dealing with people who need their needs met now mm-hmm. but things are going to continue if you don't deal with the systemic issues mm-hmm. and the root causes mm-hmm. and one of those causes is the lack of foundation aid mm-hmm. and the unwillingness to fund it and people haven't been as vocal about it before you are seeing the effects of what not being funded looks like. It means teacher cuts. Mm -hmm. It means our students suffer. So it is our time to demand that money full force Mm -hmm. to prevent this from happening again. We need to look at the Rochester City School District. We need to look at how they're allocating funds, Mm -hmm. how they're spending the money. We need transparency. We need both hands. We need to fight for that money that is owed to us. And we need to hold Rochester City School Board Mm -hmm. uh, accountable. And we need to make sure that this crisis isn't used to push for state takeover. The state owes us money. You want the people who owe us money to run our schools? That's true. Where does that make sense? Mm -hmm. When you look at the other cities who have state takeover of their schools, Mm -hmm. it has not worked. You cannot show me one city with school takeover where they are thriving. It does not exist. 
I understand that you're frustrated. I understand that you're upset. But it doesn't mean throw this away for more problems. You know what I mean? Right. They're like, well, this isn't working. Might as well take that. Yeah, like fire into the, from the yeah, fire. It's, it's fire, like, yeah. it's like we know what the problems are are now. Mm-hmm. We know what the problems are. Mm-hmm. So let's mobilize and fix it. Mm-hmm. Let's advocate. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. go to Albany. Let's do it locally. And it takes a lot of work. And a lot of people don't want to put that work in. Yeah. That's the big problem. Yeah. Not a lot of people are in it for the long haul. Mm-hmm. So for people listening, um, what is the best place to go to through citizen action in terms of like what's happening? You, you talked about a lobby day. That's coming yes. up in January. Yes. Um, we have the event up on our Facebook page. Okay. Um, we do want people to RSVP because that's going to tell us how many buses we need. Right. It's going to tell us how much food to get because we are providing transportation and food. Mm-hmm. We are trying to work with other organizations to get more buses. Donations. Donations. Uh, if, anyone, yeah. if anyone wants to come to an education committee meeting, they can come. You can reach out to me. You can reach out um, on Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. My phone number is on the Citizen Action um, Organization yep. website, okay. so you can text me. Just let me know who you are and what you're, how you're interested in getting involved. Okay. Because we also understand not everyone can get involved in the same way. Right. Not everyone can take a day off and go to Albany, mm-hmm. but they want to help another way. Mm-hmm. Great. Let's do letter writing campaigns. I know it's not glamorous. And it's not that hoorah, let's shut down the streets that we all want to be involved in, but it works. Mm-hmm. It works. Mm-hmm. Phone calls work. Um, letters work. It's both and, mm-hmm. everything together. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get involved, if you want a, a hand in organizing this trip, planning the program for that day, mm-hmm. and thinking of tactics and strategy, okay. Um, Oh, around um, Lobby Day on the 14th. Okay. Reach out to me and I will be happy and more than happy to plug you in. Yeah. And catch yourself up. You know, read about what's been happening with the yeah. school district. If you can go to board meetings because these will continue. Yeah. Go to board meetings so that you can um, get yourself involved and informed. Um, look at those board minutes that yeah. they post for sure. And email those board members and ask them questions and yeah. say what are they going to do yeah. to ensure better outcomes. Aid. Yeah. And I think that the more that there can be, if we could see the, the critical mass of yeah. people at, at every board meeting for the rest of the yeah. school year at the least. Yeah. Um, because there's no way to not be moved by that, just the mass of people. Um, if you if you were in moods, yeah, you, you need it. You shouldn't. You shouldn't really be, should be there for sure. Um, so thank you so much, Stevie. This has been um, a really powerful episode. It's definitely a continued conversation um, that we want to have. Um, want to get you in, on the radio show? It'll <laughs> um, probably it'll for sure be next year at this point. But um, you can continue to listen to more than isms extra um, through the anchor anchor platform. It's really easy podcasting and support the work that 540 West Man is doing um, by becoming a monthly member. So you can do that. Patreon.com slash 540 WMAIN or at our website 540 westmainorg 
Um, anything else before we close, Stevie? I appreciate you. Thank you Absolutely. for having this me on. Great. I see you all over yeah. doing your thing. Thank you. And I'm, I can't wait to collaborate more with you. Yeah, and if it's a little loud, we're in a cafe, we're in a story <laughs> cafe but I think it's good. Um, I like the energy of being just out in the community and um, connect with Citizen Action and Stevie. They are the looking for volunteers as well, I'm sure. And members. And members, and yeah. members. We're looking yeah. for leaders. Right. We're looking for people who are willing to take our resources right. and use them. Because okay. we got resources for you and we, together we can make the change that we want to see in our Absolutely. Community. Thank you. So we're going to sign out and we will be, we'll see you. Hopefully, we won't see you, but... Um, <laughs> I'm not sure there'll be another show before the end of the year, but perhaps I may, I may do something special. I'm, I'm not for sure. So thanks for listening, and um, until the next time, bye. Bye.